and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 165, aka season 2, episode 33. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since I love giving out phone numbers, even though you guys don't use them, here they are. Uh, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So what is going on with you this week, MC? Uh, Well, um, I watched the the documentary on Scientology. Which one? Because I may have seen it a long time ago. Um, I don't know. It's on... I don't even know what it's on. It's on uh, Amazon, I think. But okay. Anyway, it was it was really good. It was it was actually really long. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I would I would definitely say it's a cult, not a religion. Um, but to me, when when I watched it, I I, I get the feeling that, uh, that much of the same way pe- people have a cult following towards government and uh it's it's like people are brainwashed and they don't realize it and uh so that's that's my takeaway um you know some of these people broke free from their their church and they say this is bullshit and that's that's the way i feel about i felt about government you know when i found out uh you know it's based on lies and manipulation and worse fraud and theft and all that stuff uh yeah, it's like, give it up, kick, kick the habit, you know. <laughs> okay. There's a better way to live. So I, 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 I don't really care. I don't distinguish necessarily the difference between like cult and religion. Um, I, I think that all religions fit the definition of cult, but not the other way around, right? Like all, all religions are cult, but not all cults are religion kind of thing, maybe. Right. Insofar as the only way, the, the, the only like distinguishing characteristic is like number of followers, right? And, and if you can get enough people to recognize your cult as a religion, then all of a sudden it becomes one. And I think the reputation that Scientology has garnered of itself over, you know, the decades is what prevents people from recognizing it as a legitimate religion, right? Like they, they do too much bad things um, too early on. Right. Like you, you can get excommunicated from the Mormon church and you can get excommunicated from like the, the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints just as easily as you can get excommunicated from Scientology. Uh, but they're not as like vocal and and they don't advertise it as much and they don't go after you um, once once you like once you leave the church. Right. Scientology is like they if you don't get kicked out and you try to leave, they do their best to like ruin your life to keep you in there, especially if you're a high level celebrity, right? Like they, they like to make those things real public. Um, whereas they could just like, let it go. Right. Like there's no reason, there's no reason to stifle dissent, uh, from Scientology any more so as there is, you know, to, to stifle dissent, um, from leaving a, a, a Christian based religion. I was like, okay, you, you, you changed your mind, you know, thank you for coming. And then off you go. Um, and I think if, if they took that type of attitude towards that, um, they would they would have more they would have less public outrage against them and you know maybe a little bit more public support as you know this is just another alternative religion right you know you you come you go if you come this is this is you know this is this is the process um, you know all that fun stuff that they do with the thetans and all that 
And if you leave, then that's it, right? You're just gone. Um, now, as far as, you know, the, the state being a religion, I mean, that's, we've covered that numerous times with Larkin Rose is the most dangerous superstition. Um, and it's exactly what you said, MC. That's just the belief that the state is, you know, omnipotent and um, omnipresent, um, omniscient, one of those words, um, where there is, it's always here. It always has to be here. And, you know, people, people get behind it. I will say this. I'm always surprised friends included right who go like no i'm an anarchist but i'm also religious right because i i take more of you know the the hard line um you know no gods no masters anarchist atheist right and you know if if it wasn't already trademarked asshole too because i i can be that on occasion as well um but i but you know i just go like well why why what's what's the necessity um for the higher power right? Like on, on the, on the physical level, right? Like the, the world that we presently live in, you, you see that there's no need for a government, right? That everything can and be, you know, can and will be done, um, voluntarily amongst, you know, consenting individuals, right? Like we, we can foresee that world and how that would be, you know, uh, uh, a just, uh, a more just, maybe not completely just, but a more free and open and, and just society, you know, or world to live in. Um, and then you go to the religious side and you go like, well, why do you, what's, what's the point of throwing in like the God aspect of it? Right. Like what, what's, what's the need to, to, to pray or beg or to ask, um, from, a, a, what I would consider to be an imaginary higher power, um, to do things that you could do on your own naturally in this, in this current present environment. Right. And, and so that boggles my mind. Um, <laughs> well, you know, there, there's a lot of debate on it, whether it's uh, built into human nature, uh, at least to some some extent, or if uh, or 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 people just are more comfortable with doing that, or uh, you know, I I don't know. I, I look at it as as why not? You know, let you know let people think how they want to think, and uh, as long as we're free to make our own decisions for ourselves and that's that's fine um yeah i don't i i i i have much more tolerance to religious people um than i do than i do status people right because at at least the religious people won't won't force their religious beliefs on me right like if i wanted to except for the church of scientology (laughs) well no because once you get in it's like uh, it's, it's pretty rough on people. Well, yeah, but that's once you get in, right? Like yeah. if, if I were a Christian, right. It, I don't think it would be an unreasonable expectation, uh, for me to follow like Christian laws and rules. Right. And then if, if I broke Christian laws and rules, I don't think it would be unreasonable to submit, um, to punishment and consequences of breaking those rules. Right. As, as a member of the organization, right. Same with, you know, um, with, with Islam and same with, uh, Judaism and Scientology, right? Like if, if you're in and you go like, I'm a Scientologist and they go, well, you're not allowed to do this. And they go, well, I'm a Scientologist and I did that. Right. Then it's either, you know, submit to the consequences and the punishment or don't be one. Right. And I just personally, I choose to not be one. Um, but I don't, I don't think, you know, that, that voluntary, that voluntarily voluntary inclusion into that organization or that structure of belief 
you know, um, set you up to, to follow those rules. Like we separate that yeah. from the state because it's not voluntary, yeah. right? Like the state is yeah. coercive on me, regardless of whether or not I consider myself to be a member of that cult. Well, the, the difference, I just want to make sure people understand, you know, or if, if they don't watch the movie, the difference with Scientology is they, they, they tell you it's one thing and they tell you it's about you know, self-improvement and clearing your head. And it's, you know, after the first stage, then, then that's what you become. It's clear. You know, you know, mind control techniques on you to... You know, or, uh, was that the name of the movie, Going Clear? Because that's the one I saw. Yeah, Going Clear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, so they tell you it's one thing, and then once you want to go further, or or they tell you you need to go further, and of course it's, it's all about finance too. So you're supposed to give them a whole bunch of money, uh, and then uh, and then they change it on you, and they, they say, well, there's all these secrets that you, know, you can't tell anybody, and uh, and it, it's it's all the crazy stuff from Hubbard's uh, uh, sci-fi fi- novels. Fiction. Yeah, it's fiction, sci-fi novels. It's just <laughs> and then it's like, so then the people, if if they want to stay in because they have friends or uh, you know, people they want to be around, um, then they have to make believe like this this lie is real, and so all of them are living this lie. It's, it's, it's funny to watch. It's it, it, the most funny part of the movie, of course, was Tom Cruise <laughs> trying trying to explain a little bit about you know Scientology um, without having a complete meltdown. You know. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and again, it doesn't like he he tries to, but he doesn't have to. Like, who cares? Yeah. Right. This is what I'm saying. Like this this if I'm not a member of Scientology, right? I. You know, there the the closest I've come is like I've driven by one of their uh, churches. I don't what centers. Um, when I was living on the mainland, there was like one right down the street, and I went, "Oh, that's interesting." You know, um, but I've never been a member, and they've never come after me for anything, right? Like I can I can criticize them all I want um, for for being a cult or for being fake or fraudulent or or whatever, um, and they don't come after me. Because I'm I'm not one of their members. I just I'm an outside observer. And I go, well, that's stupid. Um, but I say that about all all uh, you know uh, all other religions. And well, that's that's pretty stupid. Um, and again, the di- the difference is that, that no other religion you know comes after me so far, right? For for not being a member of their religion, right? Like I you know I I, I can eat pork and I can eat shellfish. You know, and I and I can I can drink alcohol without like incurring the wrath of God um, on a fairly regular basis. The other surprising thing to me is, you know, how many uh, atheists right believe in the state. All right, I go, why you figured it out about like the supernatural thing, and yet you're you're hung up on this you know this this you know natural realm for some reason, right? Like you 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 understand that there's no God. Right, that there's no supernatural authority that needs to control or rule or, or you know, control your life, um, but yet, yet we need the state to do things, right? Like it, it's it's necessary uh, that 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 we have this this you know other supernatural apparatus um, to control our lives and behaviors, and yeah. and you're okay with that? Like we need that, right? Well, you know, I, go I think Democrat. For a lot of people, for a lot of people, it just it just it's what's working for them, you know. Especially if you're, if you have a, a, a 
a, a nice cushy, you know, established uh, lifestyle or whatever. You know, it's like keep this keep this monster going because it, you know, it's working for them. Yeah. Um, and I've said before, I listen to a lot of, of you know tech podcasts, and you know the the issue. I don't know why it's still coming up, but the issue of net neutrality is like consistently raised. Right. We have it. We don't have it. We're trying to get it back. It's coming back in some states and not other states. You know, some states are passing laws and, you know, passing net neutrality laws and like, well, you're not allowed to do that and all this other nonsense. And the biggest consensus that I get from, you know, the, the tech, tech podcasts that are in favor of net neutrality is, well, without net neutrality, we would be out of business. Right. Like we would we would the, the larger companies would force us out of business. And, you know, like my general thought is, well, how were you operating before net neutrality, right? How did you manage to stay in business before it went into effect? Because it's only been into effect for a little while. Yeah, it's, right? not, it's not really been enforced at all. And it hasn't been enforced, you know. And, you know, what if, if, your, if your business model relies upon, like, state protection, right, you know, may, maybe you should be forced out of business, right? Maybe Maybe you should have to get uncomfortable – uh, in your cushy little lifestyle, uh, if your lifestyle is reliant upon, um, you know, controlling the behaviors of others and stealing money from other people, right? Like, I don't, you know, like, this, this is always, you know, like, I'm, I'm a cop or I'm a fireman or I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a city worker or whatever. And like, I just, I just have a few more years until retirement and then, then I'll get out and, you know, work towards, uh, you know, libertarian or free society, Right, but but until then, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm the the state. This I, I need the state. I need, I need this stolen money, you know, to to survive, um, and to, to get by. I've got so much time invested in it that I can't just give it up now, uh, because of you know for ethical and moral concerns. And I go well, that's that's kind of BS then, right? Well, net neutrality. I mean, it, it was it was based on a, a made up threat. No. The solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Yes. So it, it's it's funny because like net neutrality, it sounds like something everybody would want. It sounds like necessary, but at the same time, most people don't know how the internet works. They don't know the the level of con complex contracts uh, for bandwidth use and, and types of internet traffic there are. Um, yeah. And, and so it's like, oh, every packet should be treated the same. Well, every packet isn't the same, and every packet shouldn't be treated the same. And if somebody wants to pay more uh, to have their traffic handled better, then they should be allowed to do that. Um, now, there, there's a the, the threat is that, oh, well, if you're not paying for uh, better service because, you know, all these, you know, super big companies are, are, are taking all the bandwidth and, and that's going to raise the cost. Well, that's so far that's, that hasn't happened. Um, if, if you pay for internet service, generally you get very, very fast and ever increasing speeds, uh, through the, the pipes that exist and the pipes that the, the, the big companies are putting in. Yeah. Um, and, and on they, top they, of that, they, they would make claims that the, the bigger companies have stopped or throttled like Netflix bandwidth before, um, or I think Skype Skype got throttled at one point by AT and T 
or something like that because they were like you know in competition with Microsoft and you know so so sorry not sorry but you can't use Skype on on AT&T networks anymore and net neutrality to save the day that way AT&T can't block Skype traffic that's oh. one of the biggest objections um yeah now you threw me off totally sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm I just playing back everything I said well not really because it, it's it's one of those things where like it, it didn't go, they didn't unthrottle Skype because of net neutrality, right? They unthrottled Skype because of consumer outrage. Like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing to my bandwidth, right? Like how, why are you slowing down my Netflix or why are you slowing down my Skype traffic um, when I'm paying for it, you know? And then they go like, well, we need the state to intervene. It was like, no, well, if, if with enough consumer outrage, right? They go like, well, okay, that that was obviously a mistake on our part, you know, and then they fix it. Right. And it, you don't need the state to intervene um, and, and anyone to say, like, you know, um, I think this is, they say like the FCC or something got involved and said, no, 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 you can't do that. Um, you have to allow that to go through. But it, they, it, it was because the consumer outrage. And if and if you take it down like one more level. Right. The, the reason consumers have to get outraged at this is because there's a, a monopoly or a duopoly on Internet service. Uh because of state protections, right? That wouldn't be a problem uh, if you just allowed other people to provide high-speed internet service and run their own lines if necessary, right? But they go like, well, we got the cable lines. The cable has a monopoly on those lines. The phone company has a, a geographic monopoly on those lines. No other company is allowed to come into that geographic region because the, the redundancy would be inefficient for society, right? So there's only two companies in your area that are allowed to do it. Um, with state protections and then, Oh, there, and then here's the solution again. Well, if, if, if the, since the state only allows two companies, well then we got to make sure that, you know, those two companies do what we say, right? And goes like, no, you just allow more companies. Then when AT&T throttles bandwidth, they see, you know, consumers leave their, their service to go to another phone or, or, or cable company that's run, that's run wires, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, if you if you like strike at the root of the problem, right? It's it's which which is another like uh, maybe a mini vent in a minute here, um, which is always the issue, right? It's it's a, a problem that doesn't exist, and a solution that is uh, could be solved one layer up, right? You get you get rid of the monopolies, and then all of a sudden you don't need net neutrality because you have competition in internet service. Uh, but the, but the minute you bring that up. Right, because it's you know it's a call-in show that I just don't have time to call into. The minute someone or or you know brings that up, right, you know the the host just shuts them down and moves on to the next call. Like I don't want all of a sudden doesn't want to discuss the politics of the issue um, when you say that there's a better solution and one that doesn't involve um, state coercion and state protections over things. Right, they they take one level for granted. They go like, well, we have this monopoly, right, and they don't want to solve that problem. Right. They go like, because of this problem, we have another problem. So let's just, you know, let's just solve the symptoms rather than solving the, you know, the disease. In this case, the disease would be the state. Right. It, it's it's, you know, the, the apparatus of the state allowing monopolies to occur and to exist uh, where otherwise free competition could take care of these issues. Does that help put you back on track a little bit, MC? <laughs> sure. All right. And here, here's another like mini mini rant as far as like striking the root. Um, so one of the one of the sources of of show prep 
that I use to to get articles is um, Strike the Root, like StrikeTheRoot.com or something like that. And at one point in time, um, they used to be like a really good source of information and articles. Um, even before, you know, I, I started using them as show prep. Um, I just I used to just read the articles, and was, you know, it was always like, yeah, you know. This, this is one of the biggest problems, you know, in, in trying to get this message out, um, you know, to society and to your friends and family or whatever, is just that people hack at the branches, you know, for every thousands of people hacking at the branches of liberty or the, pro or the problems of tyranny, there's like but one striking at the root. Uh, and it just seems to me um, that, that that particular organization or website or whoever um, is no longer striking at the root. Right. It's an, it's, it's an irony. Right. They've like they've they've either found a new route um, or don't understand what the route really was, um, because recently the last few articles that I've seen come across uh, from them. And maybe it's just me and maybe I'm just seeing the wrong information. Um, seems like they're hacking at like the roots of capitalism as opposed to the roots of the state. Right. It's it's not it's no longer that the state is the biggest problem. Um, you know, f facing liberty and freedom, um, it's it's what they would consider capitalism, and you know what we would probably call cronyism, which is the big organizations like Comcast, like AT and T, um, you know, uh, utilizing the state to their benefit. Um, and if we just get rid of these big corporations, you know, who who are controlling the state apparatus, then all of a sudden we don't have to worry about the state apparatus, right? And I go, well, th the apparatus is the problem. Right. If you get rid of the state apparatus, then th those big corporations have nothing to control. Um, and then we'll have to, like, like I said, compete amongst each other um, for your business. Right. No longer can, can they, you know, get territorial monopolies and force competition out and put rules and regulations in place that they can abide by. But that puts smaller mom and pops out of business like it's that apparatus. And they used to hack at that apparatus. They used to like strike at that root of the problem. Right. Like there's nothing there's nothing inherently wrong um, with businesses and corporations necessarily. Right. Will they exist absent the state? Not in the same not in I, I don't foresee it in the same sense and the same um, style that they do now. But, yeah, you know, people people will still want to be in business. You know, people will still get other people, you know, to to front the money for their business as an investment opportunity. Right. People will still need to put, you know, uh, you know, like boards of directors in place to oversee operations and to make sure that there's, you know, uh, liability and accountability in place. Like I, I can foresee that happening, um, without the need for the state apparatus to, to give the, the biggest ones, you know, monopolies. And if it turns out, right, like, you know, with, with like the old days with Ma Bell or any of the big corporations where they, you know, like the media companies now who are just buying up smaller organizations and scooping them up and consolidating services, if it turns out that that's the most efficient and effective way to operate, you know, the business um, by, you know, by buying up your supply chain up and down or whatever, well, then so be it. Right. But you don't end up with a monopoly um, in those cases, because the minute they start to act like a monopoly, um, someone will get fed up and start something smaller. Right. You're, you're a small local company. Right. Instead of instead of um, like a cable company running your entire state. Right. You may have, you know, 50, 50 cable companies running your, your community. Right. And then if, if one of those like pisses you off, then you because of the because of the size. 
right? It, it doesn't take much, uh, wouldn't take as big of investment to run cables around a neighborhood or, you know, a few blocks. You just go, no, 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 you, you're, you're charging too much. You know, we're just going to run our own cables and do our own, right? And if you had, you know, what was that? What was that source of, of power and electricity that you were big on? Thorium? Is it thorium? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So for, for energy, right, if you if you were able to come uh, into possession of like a thorium reactor and you had you were like the, the, the power guy for your block or for your neighborhood or whatever, then you don't have to worry about the, you know, the, the, the rising rates uh, of the power company that has a, a monopoly in your area, right? You'd have like little mini power plants with, with a lot less, um, you know, risks of putting out entire cities or entire blocks um, because it would be like, you know, one, one block or one neighborhood at a time. Um, and very easily to ex- extend that out uh, if, if, you know, the competing neighbors are getting overcharged or, overpa- or you know, overpriced um, or something like that. You know, there'd be a lot more smaller corporations, I think, uh, com- competing with one another if you just get rid of that. Then you don't have to worry, like I said, about net neutrality with the big companies like AT&T and Comcast and, you know, the phone companies and Verizon and all that taking control um, because they just wouldn't be able to. They could try to consolidate, um, but again, once once the the prices got too big, you just you know someone else would go like, nope, you know, fifty other people would just pop up their own in their own little communities and you know price them out of business yet again, until they drop down to to what's reasonable, you know, what we considered more of an equilibrium market price. MC, uh, right on. Um, <clears throat> you think we can get into some uh, headlines? Ah, easy enough. Headline, Canadian city leaders declare anarchy symbol to be hate speech. A headline, teen sent to prison for defending home from intruders because the intruders were cops. A headline, note to Seattle, if you want less of something, tax it. Headline, uh, this guy didn't wait for the government to restore power in Puerto Rico. Headline, innocent couple raided by cops for Facebook posts of legal moral mushrooms. Uh, headline, we need more Randian CEOs. And finally, headline, floating island is planned with government cryptocurrency and houses. Uh, any place you want to start this week, MC? Um, well, I thought the mushroom one was funny. I guess that's probably short, though. <laughs> yeah, we, can do, we can do more then. <clears throat> I got plenty of headlines. Uh, innocent couple raided by cops for Facebook posts of legal moral mushrooms. It is a travesty, enough, when the drug war lays waste to the rights and lives of entirely decent people who've harmed no one simply because they choose to ingest a substance deemed illegal by the state. However, because the drug is such an immoral, uh, excuse me, however, because the drug war is such an immoral and barbaric practice, entirely innocent people are also swept up in the dragnet of tyranny and ignorance. Case in point, A couple in Maryland were raided by cops for posting photos of legal moral mushrooms they picked and ate. On Friday, John Garrison and his girlfriend, Hope, went foraging the mountains for some moral mushrooms. Uh, Morels are known to those in the region as being the safest mushrooms to hunt for, as they are very easily identified due to their unique look. From mid-April to uh, mid-May, lovers of nature and good food, like John and Hope, will find them growing near trees, where there used to be trees. Uh, Garrison was so excited that they had found a bunch of them that he posted a photo on Facebook and he and Hope's bounty, along with his plans to saute them with brown sugar and cinnamon to see how that turns out. Uh, a great night of uh, great night of good food was set to follow an awesome day of hiking and foraging. That is, 
however, until the wheels of the police state drug war caught a whiff of the mushrooms. Uh, Garrison made the post that they were about to saute the mushrooms at 9.09 p.m. Only hours later, he and he, as he and Hope sat back with full bellies, police showed up. Uh, we had just finished eating the morels we found today and heard a knock on the door. A police officer and an RA were standing outside. We let them in, and as soon as the police officer walked in, he asked us why we're eating mushrooms and posting about it online. Uh, he thought he was on the biggest bust of his career, thinking they were having a magic mushroom party, uh, before I explained to him that morels are native choice, uh, a native choice edible mushroom similar to truffles, explained Garrison. However, this clop, cop, clearly unaware of the tasty moral and hell-bent on busting kids for eating mushrooms, just knew he had caught himself a pair of hardened criminals who dare to expand their consciousness in the sanctity of their own home. Uh, he wasn't convinced, so I rummaged through the trash to find a piece of a morel that he would have evidence that we weren't taking psychedelic mushrooms. I showed him, and he still wasn't convinced that they weren't magic mushrooms, which was shocking to me because morels look nothing like a psychedelic uh, psilocybin mushroom, and I figured a police officer would know what illegal drugs looked like. A uh, second police officer showed up, and I showed her the morel, and she immediately knew uh, it was a morel, which was a relief. Uh, they processed our IDs and eventually left. What an experience, Garrison wrote on Facebook. Indeed, it was a troublesome experience, and had anything made police fear for their lives during the interaction, things could have turned out a lot worse. Equally as troubling as cops raiding your apartment over Facebook posts for legal mushrooms is how they found out about it in the first place. Were police simply trolling Facebook that night and saw Garrison's post? Or did some good citizen do their due diligence and see something and say something? Uh, either way, both of those scenarios are undesirable and facilitated by the state's immoral and violent drug war. Until the dinosaurs in the prison industrial complex, who keep the drug war alive to reap massive profits off of persecuting people for victimless crimes are exposed, this madness will continue and others will not be as lucky as John and Hope. Uh, your thoughts on this, MC, about eating regular mushrooms or even expanding your consciousness with psilocybin? <coughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's, it doesn't really need any more comment from me because it, it was well written. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've tried uh, magic mushrooms myself and uh, it's uh, quite interesting and I recommend it at least once in everybody's life. Too. And, and, and who knew that DMT goes bad? Yeah, who knew? Um, it's just weird. It should last forever. But, uh. <laughs> for, for for those wondering where that came from, um, we have a, a I have a, a friend now a mutual friend, I guess, um, who was who was looking to expand his mind uh, with some DMT. I don't even know what that stands for. What does that stand for? Dimethyl trip uh, ban or something. Uh, either way, so we we we. He, he came, he came over, uh, you know, to, to expand his mind. Um, and another mutual friend came over to, to supply the mind expansion and, and to facilitate the experience. Um, and then was concerned that the, uh, the DMT had like gone bad. Um, I'm like, well, I, don't, I, I personally don't know how that works. And I had, had, you know, no interest, um, uh, in DMT or magic mushrooms. Just, it's not my thing. And there's no problem with that either. Um. But it, you know, the, all it did was like leave a bad taste in the mouth, and and no mind expansion whatsoever. So it was kind of, it was kind of sad and kind of funny at the same time, like all that build up, you know, to 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 blast off and expand your mind, 
um, only only to literally be believed with a, a bad taste left in your mouth. Um, but yeah, I you know, f- for me this this is one of those things where I could easily fall into the well, I don't do magic mushrooms and I don't do drugs, so it's not my problem, right? Like, be, even even if drugs are illegal, um, it doesn't bother me because I'm not a drug user, right? Like. And it, it, so for, I think for a lot of people who don't do these types of things, they, they don't care, right? It's, it's why marijuana users, um, don't care that other harder drugs are illegal, right? Like, oh no, man, like cocaine and heroin, like that's the bad stuff. We gotta, we gotta keep that and meth illegal, but marijuana, like that's the mind expander. That's, that's the, that's, that's the drug. Like that's the, you know, that's just a plant, man. Like, you know, just, just, just smoking a plant. Um, and then that's, that's, you know, then all the other drugs stay illegal and no one cares, right? No one cares about the, 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 the cocaine addiction or the heroin addiction or the meth addiction, um, as, as long as you can get your weed. Um, so I, I personally try to take a stand, which is why I find articles like this, uh, where I'm saying, no, no, no. Like, even though I don't do magic mushrooms and even though I don't, do, uh, you know, consume cannabis or marijuana, and even though I don't do any of the harder drugs or any any type of psychedelics, um, you should be able to. <laughs> you should be able to. And if you if you need a um, a chaperone, I'm there for you. Kind of a thing, right? Like I, I I will help you through it because if that's that's a personal choice on you, um, even though it's not a personal choice for me, but I I will verbally vocally defend your right. Um, to do it and speak out against it. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to keep your drug illegal, no matter what your drug is. Um, in for a while, someone stole it. Cause I had it on a, a like a magnet bumper sticker, but I had a, a bumper sticker. that said like legalized crystal meth. And that used to piss people off, man. Like, well, why not? You know, what's, what's, what's so bad about it. And didn't you know that it was already legal? Like, you know, uh, prescription based, um, FDA approved, you know, for certain types of, of, uh, methamphetamines uh, but people used to get pissed off like no that's t- that's too bad you know don't those meth addicts they always they do bad things when they're on it i go well then bust them for doing the bad things right if they if they you know if a, if a meth head breaks into your car right um arrest him for breaking into your car right if a sober guy breaks into your car like arrest him for breaking into your car right that's that's where i've always said like separating separating the 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 real illegal activity, um, from what people would consider to be like the precursor to the illegal activity. Uh, you know, if, if, if one thing is illegal, that's, that's all you need to worry about. You don't need to worry about, um, anything that preceded that, that has nothing to do with you. So even though these were like regular mushrooms, even if they were psychedelics, right, they still shouldn't have been raided by the cops. They still shouldn't have to prove their innocence, right? The, the mere, the, the, the mere fact that he, he let the cop in and like showed him a mushroom, right. It's like beyond belief for me. Cause you know, I, I personally would have done that. No, you can't come in my house. No, go ahead and get your search warrant. Right. And then, you know, let's, let's drag this out as much as possible, you know, because no, I'm not, if you, if you want to, if I'm not going to show you the mushroom, you go find it, you know? do do your job i don't i don't have anything to show or to say to you uh regarding this all right if you want to use the facebook in court against me then so be it let's let's go let's go do that too um because this will be even funnier uh, in front of a judge and jury 
um, when you have to show the mushrooms that that um, that aren't even really illegal, right? It's a food source, like get out of my house type of thing. MC. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Uh, just real quick though, um, what what do you say when when they when they do come back with a warrant uh, and they want in their house to say, let go, go ahead and come in or? <laughs> well, so. I, I wouldn't stop them, right? Like I'm not be, because because I know you, I'm innocent. You don't have in a this death matter. wish. I don't have a death <laughs> wish. So even like I, I've shared this story before when I was like you know dragged from my car and you know hauled off to jail um, and everything eventually got thrown out because it was it was nonsense on on the cops' part, right? Like I wasn't gonna get out of my car, um, but I also didn't want them to like to damage the car. Right. So I unlock the door so they wouldn't have to smash the window. Right. Because I know they're coming in. Right. And so at that point, um, you know, the, the, the firefight with the cops over a battle I know I can win in court is not where I'm going to where I'm not going to, like, make my stand. Um, so I unlocked the door to the car so he could open the door. Um, and then, you know, the, the dragging process began. So if the cop if the cop shows up with a warrant. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, like, open the door and, like, you know, chat with them. But I'll just, like, all right, door's unlocked. You do what you need to do. You know, if you want to kick in an unlocked door, be my guest. Um, you know, and, and that I've done that as well, right? Like, I, I, got, a, I got arrested and, and removed from my house um, because they did the traffic stop after I was already, like, home and in bed, right? Like, you know, it was, it was bizarre. And, like, someone was banging at my door at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning woke up my landlord and my landlord was like, uh, the cops are here for you. Like, I don't want to talk to them. Like, I'm not, (laughs) you know, I'm not there. I'm, I'm already in bed. Like they can come back another time. Um, and then they like, they threatened to like break in the door. Right. And I went, well, okay. You know, I don't, I don't want to have the landlord have to pay for a new door. So they're obviously going to come in. Um, so here you go. The door is open and now you got to drag me out, you know, type of a thing. So, and that one also all got thrown out because there was, there was no reason to prosecute that either. So even that one, right? Like I didn't, I didn't say anything incriminating. Um, and I wasn't trying to like plead my case. Um, but I was very like verbally abusive to the officers, right. And their sergeant, right. I was like, you know, the, the cops were like arresting me and said like the sergeant witnessed something. I was like, your sergeant's an asshole and a moron then. I'm like, Oh, so you want to say that to his face? I'm like, fucking bring him over here. I'll yell at him too, you know, because this, you know, this is nonsense and BS. I did nothing wrong. And you guys dragged me out of bed at four o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, then, I, then of course I went to court and like, by the time I got to court, the, the prosecution had like dropped all the charges. And I went, well, uh-uh, I, I need documentation of that. So I spent three hours like going back and forth between the courthouse and the prosecutor's office, um, getting paperwork saying that it was like dismissed with prejudice and all that other fun stuff. So they drag me out of bed again later when they decide to, to bring it up again. Um, so, yeah. So in that case, I would definitely like open the door, um, let them execute their warrant. I'm not going to say or do anything incriminating, but they're going to get an earful from me um, while they're just doing their job. Um, knowing, knowing full well, again, that, you know, I've got time to go to court and this is going to be fun for me because, you know, that type of stuff is fun for me, especially when when victory is so imminent. MC? Okay. Next. 
Uh, floating island is planned with government cryptocurrency and houses. Like two out of three. Uh, if you're struggling to do business or just live under your country's administration, a movement of philanthropists, academics, and investors is working on a very sci-fi alternative. Uh, Natalie Meza Garcia is a political scientist turned C-Vangelese, uh, her term for evangelist in favor of living off the grid and on the ocean. Uh, Meza Garcia spoke with CNBC's Matthew Taylor about what she sees as the trouble with governments and why she believes tech startups should head to Tahiti. Uh, the C. Vangelis is a researcher for the Blue Frontiers and Sea Studying Institute's highly anticipated Floating Island Project. Uh, the project is a pilot program in partnership with the government of French Polynesia, which will see 300 homes built on an island that runs under its very own governance uh, using a cryptocurrency called Varion. You familiar with that one, MC, real quick? No. Nope. Okay. Well, now it's on the table. Uh, once we can see how this first island works, we will have proof of concept to plan for islands to house climate refugees, she said. Uh, the project is funded through philanthropic donations via the Sea Studying Institute and Blue Frontiers, which sells tokens of the cryptocurrency Varion. Uh, the pilot island is expected to be completed by 2022 and cost $50 million. Uh, there is a significance to this project being trialed in the Polynesian islands. Uh, this is the region where land is resting on coral and will disappear with rising sea levels, Meza Garcia said. Uh, if you don't want to live under a particular government, people will be able to just take their house and float away to another island. As well as offering a home for the displaced, the self-contained islands are designed to function as business centers that are beyond the influence of government regulation. This means there is stability outside of fluctuating geopolitical influence, trade issues, and currency fluctuations. It's the perfect incubator, she said. It's also an attractive alternative, Meza Garcia said, for those disenchanted by the government of the day. It's an unapologetically libertarian concept. Governments under the floating island scheme would exist only as a service provider, according to Meza Garcia, and the floating communities could self-govern. If you don't want to live under a particular government, she said, people will just be able to take their house and float away to another island. In what Meza Garcia describes as the long term, she envisions hundreds of new countries in the ocean. Uh, the pilot program is in partnership with the government of French Polynesia. It will see 300 homes built on an island that runs under its own governance using a cryptocurrency called Varian. Not sure why um, so much duplicates in the article, but that's the end. Uh, so your thoughts, MC, on the Seasteading Institute finally doing something um, other than theorizing. Mm, wow. Um, guess, and are you I looking up Varian as we speak? I got to buy a, some Varian and, or Varian, Varian. Anyway, got to buy some of that crypto and, and buy a house on, a, on an island. Buy your own island, right? Because that's the whole point, right? Your your house is an island in of itself and you can just go attach it and float away to another island. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, <clears throat> I don't know. Well, it's it's interesting that they're, they're, they have their own tokens, uh, their own cryptocurrency and and maybe that in itself will be enough to, to make it sustainable um but maybe not maybe not for very long i don't really know um yeah so i guess i have to get on that <laughs> i th i think you know the, based on this article and the way that it's written i think cryptocurrency in general not not even necessarily like their particular one but that that and blockchain technology may have finally been the catalyst for something to happen with the Seasteading Institute, right? Like for, for, for years upon years, um, they've theorized and put out concepts and draw, you know, drawn, um, 
you know, models of how this could work and how a modular island system um, could work and where, where you would be and how you'd end up and all this other, you know, theoretical things, but nothing, nothing ever tangible has ever come out of that. Yeah. And maybe, well, uh, and, and in a system where you're trying to make your own governance, it's, it's probably a good idea to, to have your own currency, um, not use somebody else's currency, especially if you you know, don't want to reap the benefits of, of the printing of it. Uh, so yeah, if you have the ability to control your own currency, then uh, that's that's a good start. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Like with the with the advent of this technology, maybe having their own token uh, to become their own currency is what the Seasteading Institute needed to get this off the ground, right? Like now, mm -hmm. now they might see some um, some larger investment money um, of of you know people who would normally back the Seasteading Institute. But like me, needs need to see something tangible before I just you know you know start. Even if it's a small donation on my part, I need to see something before I go like, well, okay, you know, here, here's some money to to help you guys along. Um, but some tokens maybe, right? If if purchasing the tokens will later allow me to purchase an island or a house, you know, when once they once once they really get up and running, um, then yeah, maybe you know maybe all the the, the not just the anarchists and libertarians, um, but tech people who are, who are just, you know, cryptocurrency, like cryptocurrency status, um, will see this as a, an advantageous place to be and, and a way to move, you know, off the grid, right? Like, like we were talking about before where, you know, with, with large companies um, having monopolistic powers, this could be a, a way for small companies um, to, to take off and start their own, um, start their own organizations, uh, in the middle of the sea, right? You could have, like I said, the, 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 the power grid, right? You could have a floating power grid somewhere off in the middle there. Um, and then when people need to like, you know, recharge or repower or, or need some additional power, they attach to yours and, and you serve them, um, for, you know, vary on payments or whatever. And, and off you go. Right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's now, I guess, with the advent of cryptocurrency and, and the Seasteading Institute having their own token now, um, it seems to be looking up, at least from my perspective, where this could be something tangible and real um, sooner rather than, you know, like, you know, uh, ghostware or phantomware, where it just seems like it, it'll never come to fruition um, and it'll just be theorized, you know, for, for all eternity. So we'll see. And, and French Polynesia probably not a bad climate right to, to to be living on a floating island especially for the ultra wealthy who want to hold on to their wealth and not have to deal with government interference am i right mc i'm right no you're right um <laughs> yeah i was i was thinking about that because uh you know i want to i, I want to make my own cryptocurrency and uh deal with the government as least as possible um so Doing it in Hawaii would probably not be the best thing to do. So I don't, I don't know where else should I go. There's, I mean, there's there's other island uh, places um, that are known for getting around financial regulation. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't know if I should do go to a place that's already established uh, that might be easier, or or go to this this floating island. <laughs> Get a houseboat. Start with a houseboat and see how that works out. Like yeah. float float around the Caribbean for a little bit, and like develop your cryptocurrency while you're like you're you're docked and tethered. 
And I, oh, oh, what's that? You, 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 you need some tax money? Okay, I'm just gonna float away now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what uh, uh, Hubbard did with the, the Scientology. <laughs> really, I didn't know that. Just, just yeah, moved around. Movie again. He, he 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 was on a boat for a while, and that's where oh. his 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 sea crew. I forget what they called them, but his sea slaves. Uh, oh yeah, from. that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah, he had different motivations though. Well, the biggest one was not paying the government. Yeah, not paying the tax, um, and and that's why he he pushed so hard for for the thing to be called a, a religion. Just because of taxes. Kind of funny. <laughs> See? Nothing wrong with Scientologists. And as, long, as, as long as they're trying to get around, like, the, you know. Well, the, I would say nothing wrong with them, but ex- except for every everybody should should be able to have their own, own tax-free religion and, uh, and be exempt. So if, if they were fighting for that, sure, but, but they're not. They're only doing it basically to to keep themselves above water. It's a you know, the, the whole Church of Scientology is actually just a money making scam. And, and again, I don't have a problem with that either, as long as it's not forced on anybody, right? Some of their some of their tactics I have a problem with, right? But the but the the general concept and the general idea of what they're doing, like I can fully support. Right. You, you don't want to pay taxes. Start your own church. Um, they, mm-hmm. they tried to do something similar. Um, I, I, I used to follow them a lot more closely because um, I uh, uh, the, the other move here project um, that uh, is big within the libertarian circles is the Free State Project, of which I am a signer and participant, even though I have not made the move yet. Still stuck in Hawaii for now. Um, but they uh, the 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 network that we're on, the Liberty Radio Network. Um, the owner of that network um, tried to turn his domicile um, into a into a, a church, right? He's like, no, no, no. We have we we're we're a religion, um, and so now we want tax exempt status on on this uh, church house, right? In in Keene, New Hampshire, and he was denied by the state, right? They said, no, no, no. You're not a real church. Um, so sorry, not going to do it. Um, and so I think I think what ended up happening was they had another Free State Project mover member, um, kind of like take over, um, and because he's a Muslim, um, they they turned it into a mosque, and so now it's like it's the 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 the, the domicile and studio for uh, from which the Liberty Radio Network um, exists out of and where Free Talk Live produces their content, um, I think is is now legally a mosque. Um, because they, they, they couldn't start their own religion. So they just, you know, latched on to, uh, the Muslim religion, oddly enough, um, to, to get that tax exempt and, and church status. Right. So whatever it takes, you know, I, I, I consider myself to be a cult leader, uh, because I started a cult and had a, a couple people just tag along for a little bit and like, all right, this is fun. Um, and not even for that, not even for that reason. Cause in, in my mind, I go like, well, I'll just keep the cult and, you know, as an anarchist, right. I'm not, I'm not going through the state apparatus to get, um, tax free status. Right. If, if you're a religion and you still have to appeal to the state to not pay taxes, right. You're still recognizing the state as the higher power, right. As the, the one to need permission from, 
um, in order to do what you want. And I go, well, I don't want to do that either. So I'm just going to exist as it is and just leave it as a cult and, you know, call it whatever. If it becomes a religion at some point, so be it. Like, no problem there. Um, but no, nowhere, no way, no how am I going to be filling out um, state paperwork to, to get recognized as such by the state. It is such because I've declared it to be so, um, you know, period, end of story in my mind. MC? Uh, how much time we got? Uh, about five, six minutes, maybe. One more article. All right. Sure. All right. Speaking of guys who, like, don't wait for the state. Ah, look at that. Uh, this guy didn't wait for the government uh, to restore power in Puerto Rico. While everyone else was waiting for government to restore power to Puerto Rico, Oscar Carrion and his friends went in together to buy a bucket truck and taught themselves how to repair wiring. Uh, thousands of people in Puerto Rico remain in the dark eight months after Hurricane Maria wiped out the island's already degraded electrical grid. The infrastructure was in such bad condition, some people predicted it could take a year or more to restore the electricity. Getting aid to the U.S. territory was delayed by red tape, and millions of residents went without food, fresh water, and shelter. Uh, the process of restoring the power has been laborious and lengthy. In December, there were still more than a million residents without electricity. Then came along, oh, then along came Oscar Carrion. Uh, the hero of this story isn't the government. It is a resident of Puerto Rico who got together with his friends and decided that something had to be done. And they took responsibility and did it themselves. Uh, Oscar Carrion, a father of four, got together with a group of friends to purchase a used bucket truck for $2,500, which they collected from people in their neighborhood. Then they taught themselves how to repair the wiring and poles that had been destroyed by Hurricane Maria. Completely self-taught, they risked their lives to restore the power to places in the island that the government hadn't gotten to. Uh, the situation is still grim for many Puerto Ricans. Uh, one woman from Puerto Rico shared what it's like there eight months after the storm. We Puerto Ricans are grateful for their help and the help of many like them from the bottom of their hearts gave us a hand on those days and are still helping. I was prepared, but it was the majority that suffers and is still suffering after eight months. We still have around 1,200 people without light. Uh, I'm able to write to you on my phone, but I need to go to another town to use the Wi-Fi to check other things. Uh, I was taking some classes and lost my money because of that of not having that service. The first month was no phone, TV, Wi-Fi, banks. Most supermarkets were closed or gone. And the ones that were open, the lines are so long that you got tired just looking at them. Uh, by the time you got inside, whatever you were looking for was gone. Uh, the destruction makes me cry day and night. We went to visit my mother and took another route as we were going through, if you know the place, it was like going through another road and then you see a house and businesses that were there for 100 years destroyed. Uh, but like I tell my kids, prepare. You never know what's going to happen. This young man and his friends have a heart of gold, but in here now the criminals are more than the good ones. Sorry if I bother you with my memories in everyday life, but it's hard to see so many people displaced and see grown-up grown men crying when you ask them about their wife or children to find out that one is dead ones or that they lost their business or home. Take care, be safe, and prepare. Be like Oscar. This isn't the first time we've seen the community pool their resources to be more efficient than the government during the aftermath of a crisis. Uh, remember the rescue operations performed by the Cajun Navy during the Louisiana flood a couple years back? Uh, the local governments demanded that they stop surviving without permission immediately and go so far as block their access to people who need help. Uh, but Oscar knows you can't wait around and expect to be rescued. He and his friends are the shining example of what self-reliance is all about. This is why we prep, because we don't want to wait for the government to save us, because as Oscar said, we have to do it for ourselves, because if we don't, nobody will do it for us. Uh, the end of the, end of the article, 
Uh, your thoughts, MC, on not waiting for government permission to get shit done in a crisis? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Puerto Rico's government is, is pretty uh, authoritarian. Um, they, they made it so where you can't do anything unless you hire uh, the, you know, their specific people, um, government-approved people to do, to do anything. So, Unless you're uh, Oscar. Yeah, so th- there's there's probably uh, an abundance of uh, need and de- desire for for people to to just do anything over there right now uh, because they're they're not used to doing it themselves. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that's that's what people need to do. I think part of that is just the natural survival instinct, right? Like so many people are indoctrinated into the state that the refer- the first response is well hang in there someone's coming right like so- someone will be here to help us uh and then at some point you realize that okay maybe maybe no one's coming um maybe we should try to figure this out on our own right and then a little bit later you go like well no one's definitely coming you know now it's time now it's either you know survive or die um and hopefully you know that those that are prepared to survive or got a little bit of a leg up um, but the people that don't um, either figure it out really quickly uh, or perish, right? So it's 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 a natural survival instinct to get stuff done um, on your own. And if you can prepare, then do so. If not, you know, figure it out as you go along. But it also goes back to not, you know, like they said, the the Louisiana hurricanes and all that, where the the government trucks, the FEMA, the the FEMA personnel would stop, you know, private businesses and private individuals from helping out. Right. They go like, well, there's rioters in the streets, so let's go collect guns. You know, let's go collect guns from people, from peaceful people who stayed behind um, and take away their protection and their ability to, to protect themselves. So even in a crisis, right, your, your protectors are the ones taking away your freedoms and liberties and not getting it done. Um, and I think Puerto Rico in this case is in a, a good place, right, in that insofar as people like uh, Oscar can can get away with doing this. Um, because the government is overburdened, right? With with try with failing to get this done every place else, um, that they, they probably don't have enough energy or manpower or anything like that to to continue their efforts, um, and also go after Oscar or people like Oscar. So it may be one of those cases where, you know, the 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 agorist, the parallel services um, are able to rise up and overshadow the government services because of people like this who get things done. Um, faster and better and hopefully that'll be you know like a beacon to the people there that says okay if if the individuals can do a better job faster than the government getting around to us maybe we don't need the government at all Um, and once things are up and running they just go like well we've been we've been doing so well without you right we don't we really don't need you to come back anymore at all right like the, the like the amazonian tribes that haven't seen civil, the real civilization or what we would consider civilization in, you know, millennia, right? And then, you know, some, some white people with government comes along and tries to force the rules on them. They go like, no, 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 we just, that, that's your thing, bro. And then and off they go. And there's nothing they can do about it except slaughter them or put them out of their misery. And, that, and we don't want to see that either. Final thoughts, MC? Uh, still not sure I'm going to buy any of this Varian coin. Um, it's, a, it's, it's an ICO. Uh, you have to use Ethereum to buy it. Um, but yeah, good luck. Okay. I mean, it, it would only be worth buying for whether if you want to support 
this this uh, the seasteading institute right or if you plan on like participating in their floating island project right like the the way you've the way you've talked to me about cryptocurrencies in the past was not to not to bet on ones but to support ones that you believe in like in their mission and their undertone so if you're going like well varian might take off you know maybe well then 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 to you it's probably just another ico but if you go like no 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 i'm i want to be part of this floating island thing and finally the seasteading institute's doing something worth supporting um then yeah go ahead and and, and look into that all right i guess that'll do it for us uh you guys know where to find us anarchistexperience.com facebook.com slash anarchist experience uh, if you want to get in on the discussion and the the show prep uh do it in the groups facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience and if you'd like to contribute to the show financially we do that through patreon patreon.com slash the anarchist experience thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you all next week peace <laughs>